The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Brett King. Thank you for joining us. Welcome along, everyone, to episode 18 of The Boys of Tech. My name is Edwin Herman. I'm the only host for this episode. Brett King is away once again with a a very bad throat. So unfortunately, he won't be with us uh, in this episode, but we hope to have him back next week. Well, that's what we said last week, and obviously it's not the case, so we'll see what happens. Alrighty, so into the stories for, for this week. In fact, it's it hasn't really been a, a very busy week in the tech sector. It's pretty quiet. Uh, but of course, the, there is one story that stands out, and that is the Wolfram Alpha search engine goes live. Now, I'm sure you've heard of the Wolfram Alpha project. Uh, it's live at www.wolframalpha.com, and I guess I should spell that out if you're wanting to punch that in now. Wolfram is W-O-L-F-R-A-M, followed by Alpha, one word, A-L-P-H-A. It's basically a computation knowledge database, okay? It's, it's, it's not a search engine, and that's the very first mistake that a lot of people make with this, especially when they're evaluating this thing. It is not a search engine. It is not supposed to outdo Google at all. It's, it's playing in a completely different, well, maybe not completely different, but it is playing in a, in a different market space with only a very small amount of overlap. So what, what is a computation knowledge base? What is what is that? Well, you've probably caught yourself doing Google searches to find, I don't know, the capital city of a certain country or what time is it in a certain country or or things like that or, or what's the uh, what was what's the highest mountain in the world, which of course we know is Everest, but things like that. Well, this is exactly the sorts of queries that this engine is designed to serve answers up. So it's it's not a search engine. If you want to be looking for uh, sites on, I don't know how to groom pets, you're not. This is not going to help you. But if you, for example, want to know what is the capital of Somalia, for example, well, you can look that up, and it should give you. In fact, what we'll do now was is exactly that. So we'll just go on to Wolfram Alpha Live here on the show, and we'll punch in a few uh, questions like that. In fact, that will be our first one. So if I type in capital of Somalia. And I wait for the answer to come back. Mogadishu. There you go, in Somalia. It also gives you a map showing where in Africa it is. It shows you the location of the capital, Mogadishu. It also tells you the population of that city, which is in fact 2.6 million people. Uh, it tells you the, <laughs> It tells you the current local time. It even gives you the local weather. It's 27 degrees over there. It's quite nice, although it does have a 79% humidity, uh, which is which is quite a lot. Uh, pretty still. Well, actually, yeah, the wind is 5 metres a second, so it's not exactly blowing a gale, and it's cloudy. And it even gives you the elevation as well, 41 metres. So it's, in a way, you might think this is a little bit like a Wikipedia, and you could be right, but it's not, not quite that either, because it can do uh, some sort of dynamic... Uh, types of responses. For example, if I said, uh, if I try this one, the chemical formula 
for uh, uh, for ethanol, which is alcohol in, in the you know in your alcoholic beverages. So chemical formula for ethanol. There it is, CH three CH two OH. And if I try a common name like chemical formula for water, hopefully it gives me H two O. There we go. Result H two O. Bingo. So what if we take this up to the next level and let's try something like the longest river. So we punch in longest river and answer is the Nile, which is uh, 6.65 thousand kilometers. The Amazon is 6,400 and so on. So yeah, it's kind of a, it's a knowledge database. It's it's essentially exactly that. Let's try something mathematical now. So let's say uh, I've got a mathematical formula. Uh, maybe I've got a I don't know a quadratic equation I want to solve. So let's try something like three x squared minus fifteen x minus one hundred and twenty gives you, there we go, two answers, and it even plots it for you as well. So this is this is by no means a search engine, and as I said earlier, that's, it is a mistake that people often make when they evaluate this tool. It is not a search engine. In fact, I'll try and prove that. Now let's try, I'll type in grooming pets. All right, grooming pets, here we go. Doesn't know. It says, Wolfram Alpha isn't sure what to do with your input. Okay, it's not a search engine. It knows stock prices as well. So if we go uh, Dell and so Dell and Apple, so Dell space Apple, you, know, you punch that in, and it shows you the two companies and compares them. So not just the uh, stock prices, which, uh, which is given first, but also underneath that, it gives you a whole bunch of comparisons as well. In case you're wondering, uh, Dell shares are currently uh, 1085, Apple shares 122.50. So. Further below, it compares the two companies. So the uh, the market cap, the revenue, the employees. There we go. In fact, uh, let's have a look. Dell employs 79,000 people. And Apple employs 35,000 people. Net income, shares outstanding, etc., etc. And oh, it gives you graphs comparing the two. Oh my goodness! It's this is this is really a knowledge base, and I think this is the kind of as I said before, this is a kind of thing you want to enter into Google when you're looking for facts and figures, or, or other information like that. You can do maths in this as well, as we saw. So th- this is going to change the way that that people uh, search, and I think for me anyway, it's going to be my first stop for for these kinds of searches. I'm not going to go to Google and uh, you know anymore to find out the time in a certain country. In fact, th- I'll do that very example. If I do time in Paris, it says there we go, current time 10:37 a.m. And it gives you the GMT offset, shows a, a clock in Paris and a clock uh, representing New Zealand time. Uh, the, the, so these are, you know, you don't need to go to Google when you're looking for facts and figures uh, and to, to click on, on, you know, the first or second link there that, that's the most appropriate you, because this gives you the answer. But as I said, uh, you know, you want to search for grooming pets, you use a search engine. So there you go. That's Wolfram Alpha. It's live. WolframAlpha.com. And I think it's fantastic. So uh, a huge thumbs up from me. 
Okay, so on to the next story. Uh, you may have wondered how Google uh, manages to take some of the photos it's got in its database for Street View, uh, particularly when those photos are in tight spots that you don't normally drive a, a huge four-wheel drive, uh, you know, through. Uh, for example, the you know around the Trevi Fountain, how did it take photos of that? Well, there is an answer to that. What they've developed is basically a a, a tricycle. Um, it's a you know pedal power. A tricycle with a camera mounted on top behind the rider and that allows the rider to go where cars can't normally go. So, yeah, so there you go. Nice piece of innovation there from from Google. So if you have wondered how they get to some of those photos, thinking that surely they didn't drive a car down there, they're not allowed to do that, they get in trouble, well, chances are they've probably, you know, ridden a tricycle there. So... Uh, there's, in fact, there's a photo at uh, pcwheel.com if you have a look. Uh, if you hunt for that story, there's there's some photos of the tricycle. So uh, that explains how some of those photos get taken. It's got a little Google logo on the on the back and the Street View icon as well, which is kind of nice. So there's obviously a PC mounted in there with uh, GPS and stuff like that. All right, and you know what? That is pretty much the international stories for this week. That's all there is. It's been very quiet. I mean, there's a usual boring dross of another Windows worm has been discovered. There's a application flaw in Adobe Reader or something like that. But yeah, you know, yawn, yawn, you know. So we're bringing you the interesting stuff. And, and that's pretty much it for the international stories. So on to the New Zealand stories, and in fact, for the first time on the Boys of Tech, the New Zealand stories outnumber the international stories. So, Vodafone is confirming New Zealand's first Android phone. Uh, we reported rumours about this some uh, in num- a number of episodes ago. Well, Vodafone, as I say, have now confirmed that. Uh, in fact, uh, it's going to be the HTC Magic, which is due for a June release. Uh, it's known as the G2 which is the successor to the G1, which was in fact the world's first Android phone. So the handset's going to have 500 megabytes of internal memory. Uh, It's going to have capacity for an 8 gig external memory uh, card to to slot in. It's going to have a removable battery, which is great. Uh, A lot of (laughs) of the Apple stuff have these built-in batteries that you, you can't really remove without sort of destroying the whole unit and voiding your warranty and all that. So that that's really good. It's going to support quad-band GSM, so very, very international, this phone. Uh, Dual-band UTMS, uh, GPS, it's going to have wireless as well, and a 3.2 megapixel camera capable of video recording as well as uh, MMS functionality on that. So it looks like a very good handset. Uh, I guess the biggest thing, at least here in New Zealand, is going to be the price. And we've mentioned this before. You know, Brett and I have talked about this in the past. Effectively, Vodafone and Telecom have pretty much a duopoly in the uh, New Zealand uh, mobile market. So price will be an interesting one because that's usually where we get stung. So, uh, but look, it looks like a really good handset. I, I think it's worth a look in and coming to Vodafone. So it looks like Vodafone's got all the toys now. Telecom's, okay, got this XT network, but, uh, you know, Vodafone's got all the flash phones. It's got the iPhone. It's got the G2 uh, uh, Android phone that, we've, that we're just talking about now. So all the, all the gadgets are on Vodafone. So I'm not quite sure where that place is uh, Telecom. In, in fact, there were rumors 
of telecom getting the iPhone. Uh, the rumours are that there are negotiations with Apple at the moment, but of course they're, they're being very tight-lipped. Uh, and te- all telecom will say is we won't have the iPhone uh, at the launch of the XT network. So, uh, but they apparently are in discussions with Apple. But how uh, where that's going to go, I, I don't know. I guess we're. I'm not quite sure whether there's going to be a benefit to Apple to have multiple carriers, or whether it's better to to have just the one exclusive carrier. You'd think price-wise it'd be, you know, more lucrative for Apple to have just the exclusive carrier. But on the other hand, you might get a better market penetration if if you have multiple carriers as well. So that's also in the pipeline. Now, uh, one of our largest. Uh, Beverage companies, Frucor, is launching a new ad campaign here in New Zealand. The thing about this one is that it's going to be done entirely within video games. So we're not talking about you know, advertising in magazines. We're not talking about advertising on the back of buses. We're not even talking about advertising on the internet. This time what we're talking about is advertising inside video games. So we're talking about billboards, you know, virtual billboards inside the video games. They'll feature in the Microsoft games on Xbox 360 and on, on the PC. Ads are going to appear in the in the games Skate 2, Far Cry 2, Saints Row 2, Need for Speed, Tony Hawk, and also NHL games. And you're probably wondering, how are, going to, how are they going to get these ads done geographically so that you know we only see them in New Zealand but not in other countries well there's actually a Microsoft company called Massive Incorporated and what they do is they deliver uh, media like advertising through games over the broadband connection so you have your Xbox 360 hooked up to the net or, or in the case of your PC that, that'll be hooked up to the net and that way you get updates. So it's kind of like a, a real-time advertising service in the gaming environment, which is which is really a paradigm shift. Oh, in fact, it's a whole step up really from web advertising, isn't it? This is, this is uh, very, very targeted. In fact, the target market is males aged 18 to 24. So very, very <laughs> targeted. And what better way to do it? I think we're going to see a lot more of this kind of advertising. And uh, that is that, those are our stories. I don't have Brett's commentary uh, to work with at the moment because, as I said, Brett has a very bad throat and it's been under instruction from the doctor to avoid speaking. So that really cuts him out of hosting the Boys of Tech for, for this episode as well as last. Tell you what, if you want to uh, submit any comments, you can do that at our website, boysoftech.com. That's our website. You can uh, leave your comments there. No need to log on or anything like that. Just uh, punch in your comments and away you go. Thank you very much for for joining us. We're going to wrap up this episode, which is episode number 18 of the Boys of Tech. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you all again and Brett as well next week for episode 19. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.